no clap for me in this time, but <laughs> we're back. Uh, really, really exciting episode to have Anthony on. Um, I know, like, I watch you a lot. Um, it's good to have you on. I know we've done some stuff together in the past. Um, so it's good to see you. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Mikey. Ian, it's good to be here on the Brothers of the World podcast. Uh, would have been nicer with three points, but I'm here to discuss the healthy draw. It was a healthy draw. We'll stay positive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what I was thinking coming out of it. Like, it's not one of these where I'm like, oh, like, you know, that's a wasted, that's a wasted opportunity. But um, Ian, how are you feeling? You feeling the same way or what? Man, I'm still sick. I almost fell asleep during the match. So, <laughs> so no hype, no hype on your end. No hype. The only hype I had was when Handanovic was making saves. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, your agenda, your agenda progresses. But <laughs> yeah, um, really dull draw. I mean, I think it's kind of expect, or I was kind of going into it expecting something like this. I think on Serpice of Madonina, I did the preview for this match and I wrote. Like I said, 2-1 because I wasn't going to go for like a nil-nil. Nobody goes for a nil-nil. But um, it's not a very surprising result given playing Lazio, Juventus for 120 minutes, and now Atalanta in like a week's span. I mean, four points and a trophy out of that. I don't think you can you can turn your nose too far up at that one. Um, Anthony, um, how are you feeling after this week? Is it a lot? Are you tired? <laughs> tired with you the Has it been up and down? You've said, you said it perfect, man, and I remember saying it about a week ago. If, if we come out of this week with four points and a trophy, I'm not going to complain, and that's exactly what we did. We won one of those two games against Lazio and Atalanta. That could have been banana slips. We got the Coppa, which I'm still hyped over. It was a fantastic morning, evening, wherever you watched it, and to come out today knowing that we were the better side against Atalanta – in any other day, Eden Jekyll needs to bury one of those chances, and we'd, we'd walk out of there today with another three points. So it's still all optimism from me, especially when you look at our fixtures coming up. We have a very winnable home fixture against Venezia, and then after that, we have a little short break before the derby, and I think everybody's got one eye on that at the moment because just like it was last season, it could be the push that either of these sides needs to carry it on. Overall, though, I'm still feeling good after watching today's game because I think most of our players still put in a decent shift against a very, very tough opponent. Uh, Handanovic had an absolutely electric game in goals. He was fantastic. I think Ivan Perisic's defensive contribution today was one of his best defensive contributions I've ever seen uh, for Inter. It was fantastic. Marcelo Brozovic once again showed how lucky we are to be um, extending his contract. At least we're about 95% sure that that's going to happen. And yeah, still no complaints. The only thing is that we're looking, I'm looking back at these two games um, with Atalanta, two points that could have really been six though, because we were the better side in both of the fixtures. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that you, you're right on the head right there. Like the only thing we were missing was the goal, whether it was the Jeco chances, D'Ambrosio had a really good chance. Um, I think those are the ones off the top of my head that I remember, but if any of those had gone in, we're talking about a different match. We're talking about six out of six and a trophy in a week. Um, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go too negative because I mean I think it was you know a really good game everywhere, but in the final third, we were just unlucky. I mean, like the yeah. defense was great. Muriel starting. Um, like most of the time when you see a team is missing their main striker, someone like Duvan Zapata, you're like, all right, you know that's a break. But then when it's <laughs> Luis Muriel coming off the bench who always scores against Inter, you're like, oh, like let's just keep this guy to one goal, hopefully, and we'll get two and try to count cancel him out. But I thought it was a good move on Inzaghi's part to go for Skriniar in the middle of the back three 
um, kind of to counteract with Muriel. I mean, he w- he would follow Muriel out to the wings a lot, but like I I, I felt more secure having a guy like Skriniar in the middle for that. Um, like you said, Perisic, great game. Um, Darmian, decent game. I think he had a chance that he missed. Um, the midfield, um, Brozovic had a lot of pressure on him in this match. Um, a lot like um, the last match against Juve, a lot of pressure. I mean, he had Kulisevsky right up on him the whole match. And then this match, it was just, you know, Atalanta's team pressure, which is always really tough. Um, but yeah, Ian, um, you want to give some Handanovic praise? Where do you want to go? I know, I know that's your guy, that's your countryman. You're always here defending him. Yeah, man, he he comes from the same part of the town as I do as well. So it's really really yeah. nice to see him perform. Um, one of us who made it actually in the world, who would have thought as a Slovenian. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think he had a really good game. I mean, I saw some great great saves with his feet, with his hand. The defense for me was a bit too shaky. I saw some of the players being out of position. I think that is expected with the way we play, with Bastoni and the right centre-back usually overlapping. Today we saw Bastoni, D'Ambrosio pretty much playing as strikers again, which I find encouraging to know that they have it in the locker. We saw D'Ambrosio get some chances to, to score, to shoot as well. <clears throat> um, but it, was, it wasn't the... <sighs> We just need a clinical man, a clinical man with a killer fit, with a killer instinct. You know, it's what I talked with Dave on it on the timeline. We really need a clinical, clinical man. Um, with Lukaku gone, you have Jacko who was supposed to be that, but like we see, and the, at the beginning of the season he was that. At the beginning of the season he was really, really good in my opinion. Now he's kind of burnt out since we don't really have a good substitute for him, if I could say that. I mean, we see that Correa and Sanchez are not really working together, not joining together, not you don't really have a striker of Jacko's profile to play with his back, with his size, with his strength, with his heading ability. We saw him miss like what three, four headers today. That could have really been a goal had we had Lukaku or someone else who who is a good target man. But during that, I think it was a great performance considering we had a tough match against Lazio. We had a very tough match against Juventus that went into overtime. If you gave me Seven days back, if you gave me this information, four out of six points and a trophy, sign it off, man. Sign yeah. it off. No complaints from me. Yeah, I've seen that as an overwhelming sentiment on the timeline. And I think, yeah, we can all agree. You take that trophy and you take a draw here, you're not like giving an advantage to a direct opponent. Like, if you like, I don't mind draws in big matches when you're ahead of the team that you're playing like i mean it's a top four you know challenge right there but if you're ahead and you keep that barrier even if you're keeping it at the same length i i don't mind it at all um well i guess we'll still have to see what happens with those bologna points um i don't know when any kind of news is supposed to happen with that but i know they didn't appeal so i mean that could be three more points we're still on top but provisionally i think milan can go top tomorrow that'll be a little annoying but not not too worried um and then yeah, the the derby, you know, right up right up the road. That's gonna be very big match, title deciding type type deal. Um, but Anthony, um, we've talked about it many a time. I know you've talked about it on your spaces many a time as well. The lack of clinical finishing that hap- that plagues this team at times. Um, is that is there a solution within the squatters? It's just you know we're gonna have to keep creating an ungodly amount of chances and 
eventually one just goes in, and then you're going to have nights like tonight where it just doesn't. Yeah, it's um, it's a tough one because in terms of creating chances last season and this season, we're amongst Europe's elite. You know, I don't think there are many teams in Europe that create more chances than Inter do. Uh, converting them is a different story. However, Inzaghi's got this luxury where he's able to test and rotate players and pretty much wait for the shoe to fit properly on whatever day of the week that it comes. I think we've identified this as the target region that really needs reinforcing properly. So we know, we've already heard the names like Raspadori, like Scamaca, Julian Alvarez come out in the news. And that tells us that they're working. At least they're working. Sorry if you can hear my dog taking a big drink of water. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, but basically, like I wanted to reiterate and draft on from that point, man. Alexis Sanchez, everyone was gassing him up the last two, three weeks. I was cautious. I was giving him his credit where it's due. But people need to understand Coming off the bench for 20, 30 minutes at that age, you are always going to look like a prime, pristine, brand new supercar. When you start the game, especially against a side like Atalanta, it's, it's cagey, man. It's tight. And Alexis Sanchez has shown us that when he does start the game, he does fail to get the ball through the nooks and crannies, through the lines because he doesn't have that freedom. He's very tightly congested, very tightly marked. The game has failed to open up just yet. So today when a lot of people were sort of getting on Alexis Sanchez, I wasn't, but I wasn't surprised. And I was trying to tell people, this is what you're going to get from Alexis unless he's starting against a really poor side. He will be caged and he, he will be frustrating. He will give the ball away a lot. And that's what he did today. Um, I think that he could have taken that chance a bit better for when, but it was a great save from Musso when Hakan played it through to him. However, I do think there was a foul on Muriel from Barella before. So if Sanchez had nailed that goal in the first half, I have a very strong feeling it would have been called back for a foul anyway. Other than that, the, to make a long story short for yourself, once again, we've identified that Jekko, he'll be here next season. That'll be it. And he'll be on the bench next season. The real, I think our real beef, even if we're not talking about it, Mikey and Ian, it's a little bit with Lautaro. It really is. Like, I love Lautaro. I think he's a great player. But we are expecting him to lead the line now. And he's not looking like a player that's ready to lead the line week in, week out, the same way a Romelu Lukaku was, you know? Lukaku was the player where you play him every three days and you can guarantee he'll get him on the score sheet. Now it's Lautaro, maybe one every three or four games he's coming off and we're applauding him going, that's the Lautaro we know, that's the Lautaro we need. Is one in four enough? Next season it won't be, boys. I'm telling you right now it won't be. And in this economy, in this market, our contract bump for Lautaro could very well mean a sale over the next year, year and a half, to which I would not be completely opposed to if the, the price is right. We've got the luxury of only needing to t tweak one or two things in this side to be a real, real proper force. As long as Marotta's at the helm, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, I think you're totally right. Um, I think we've not really dove into it here on our pod about, you know, the inconsistency of Lautaro and how he could go. Um, I think he could, and if he does, I mean, it's not going to be the most painful transfer. I mean, we've already had the Band-Aid ripped off a couple of times now, so I don't think any, any names leaving are going to kill anymore. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he. I've always thought that he is a better striker when he is, you know, the support guy when he is the Robin to someone's Batman. That's not, you know, trying to take away from him, but that's just his, like his consistency in front of goal is different than his play in build up or impress, which is world-class his finishing still not a hundred percent. But you mentioned Marotta and that's a big deal too. Um, he announced pretty much today that 
he's got an, an agreement with Inter, you know, to, to extend his contract for three more years, I believe it is. So that's that, that's one of Inter's biggest possible signings, keeping that guy around. You know, we'll be in good hands. We'll find another striker. We'll get the money that we could get for Lautaro if that comes to pass. Yeah, as long as he's here, I feel like we're in good hands. Um, let me get a couple of these comments. I wanted to get to... Not only that, like with, with Marotta, um, the rest of the backroom staff will get their bump as well, uh, like Auxilio and Co. So sorry about the helicopter as well. Sorry about this. But um, no, no as worries. long as they're in the backroom, you can almost guarantee that we'll be using our funds sparingly but appropriately. We, you know, when you lose players like Lukaku and Hakimi, everybody was very scared of how you replace the two of the most informed players in the league or in Europe in their position. And he's done an amazing job of doing that. I dare say today, Denzel Dumfries was one of the players on the pitch today that I was not worried about one bit. He has really grown into this role in his side. He's looking like a fantastic player. And I expect nothing less. You know, the Dutch are a very disciplined bunch of people, let alone athletes. And this is the former PSV captain that we've taken here for 12 and a half million. It's an absolute steal. So big up, Denzel. Yeah, yeah. I saw some people getting on him today and uh, in his short appearance. I mean, Darmian, of course, started. But I was – yeah, I don't worry about him anymore. I mean, there are times where I think he takes maybe a touch or two too many, but, I mean, it's still a learning curve. So, I mean, I, I'll still give him grace for that for a while. But, you know, if it comes, like, another, like, year from now and we're sitting here and we're, you know, having breaks, um, you know, ended by – him turning around and playing it back or if you know we've got like still hitting the first man with those low crosses i think that would be an issue but for now he's still he's still on a good trajectory he's still adjusting and he's doing very well I, yeah i don't worry about him at all um i didn't really worry about anybody too much today i thought even correa when he came on i thought he started to do the things we know we need him to do like he was he got on the ball a couple times and dribbled through the channels I mean, it didn't come to anything, but that's something we need, and we need him to get more playing time because the only way that he's going to get back into a player that is a threat is by playing, and then you're going to have some lumps. You're going to have some matches where you're like, well, or appearances like this, not full matches. If it's full matches, it's an issue at that point. But I think Correa should turn, you know, be fine. I know he left during his best match, came out with injury against Roma. And yeah. still coming back from that, and that could be something that Correa Lautaro could still be something that I don't think has been fully explored yet. Um, yeah, I think that could be a big, big up for the for the attack. Um, but neither of those guys are the goal scorer that you know Lukaku was, that Acardi before him was. So it's still still tough up front. But I, I didn't worry about them today. Um, yeah, Christo sure, yeah, here but- said. Oh, Sorry, can I just here. can uh, I just yeah, touch on yeah, that? Go ahead. Um, yeah, go ahead. We expect Plotaro to be this this number one striker to be this clinical finisher, but we have to remember that he's only 24. I mean, yeah, he's been at the club for four years, but the most clinical, the most informed strikers usually are from the 28th year upward. You know, you see Benzema and Lewandowski still scoring goals at what was it, 34, 35, 36 years old. I don't mind that he is still learning and playing that, that second fiddle <clears throat> to the to the number one guy if the number one guy does his job. Right now, they're not doing it as much. You can't rely on the 36-year-old Jekyll who, while he did have that one impressive sprint that I think <laughs> he could 
pull a hamstring on. I mean, that was lightning fast, but um, I, I don't think Jacob is the, the, the top guy. Now, Christo in the comments said Dybala's captaincy next season will benefit us. Dybala oh, and, and Lotaro's target partnership. That yeah, I, I, I still think there's a lot. There's still a lot between now and then. I, I personally, with the Dybala stuff, I don't see him leaving. I see him getting that contract. Um, of course, you know there there was more speculation fueled by the like him glaring at their their management after he scored yesterday. But yeah, Anthony, what's your take on the Dybala stuff? I just want to hear. I haven't I haven't heard this. I don't think Beppe Marotta has any interest in Paolo Dybala. I think Beppe is very interested in making sure Juventus max out that contract for him. He, they can see that his heart and his head is not in Turin. I mean, the Juventus fans can say all they want that, you know, he's a leader and he's their future captain. I know a lot of Juventus fans that actually do have their heads screwed on and they do not want this guy to get a new contract whatsoever. This does not encompass what the club is about. However, you also cannot let him leave for free to your biggest rivals who just knocked you off your perch. It's insulting, it's humiliating, and it's degrading. So now they're caught between a rock and a hard place, and the rock seems to be Dybala moving to Inter. The hard place is an eight and a half or an eight million contract per season, whatever it is that's on the table, could even be a little bit more. Um, if Inter were to pull off a free transfer for Dybala, I would be elated for banter reasons and, you know, obviously for, for on-the-pitch reasons. I feel like... Inzaghi would be able to get a, a phase out of Dybala that Allegri is struggling to. However, at the same time, I agree with you. I do think he's probably going to get his um, contract extension at Juve. And I'm fine with that as well because they're bleeding as well financially. And they, man, it's Dybala. He's their best player. Why did they not have it sorted in October? Why didn't they sort it in November? Why are they saying there's a meeting rescheduled for March? This is taking too long way too long. We're living in a time where Dybala and the players now have most of the power. This guy is four months away from being a free agent. You really don't think Madrid, Barca, Paris, England, they'll all come for him. He will have 10 offers by the second day and he knows that as well. So rock in a hard place. It's a win-win for us. It's a lose-lose for Juventus either way, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that is something to take into account, you know, Juve's financial situation. We always think of them as, you know, the most financially stable club because of, you know, their backing. Um, but they really mismanage a lot of contracts. The mismanagement of this Dybala situation now is probably the biggest issue because, I mean, they've lost players in the past, but losing someone like Dybala would symbolically be you know, the end of an era of Juventus, that era where, you know, they're making Champions League finals. They're walking to the Scudetto every year. Like we, as you know, people who watch Serie A all the time know that these cracks have been forming for years, but you know, to the rest of the rest of the footballing world, they're really starting to see a downfall of what looked like, you know, one of the most serious clubs. And to take it back to talking about Marotta before, that's where it all began. And that's where it's all ending now. And that's why we're, you know, in the best position, I believe, in Serie A right now. And, you know, we're looking at where we can be making a run for three, four, five Scudetti. Like, that would, I, I don't think that's out of the question, especially either way with the Dybala transfer or not transfer. Like, either he's making too much money, you can't, your wage bill is just stuffed with a, like, Dybala and then a bunch of overpaid, mediocre players. Or it's a bunch of overpaid, mediocre players and no Dybala. That's that. That's a lose lose, like you said. I, I really, you really hit the nail on the head. I really like that. Um, 
I hear uh, first of talking about Skamaka here. Ah, I, I don't like the talk about Skamaka. Maybe I'm coming out. Maybe this is a bad time to say it, but I'm not the he, biggest fan of him. He's too expensive, Mikey. He's too yeah. expensive for what he offers in a mid-table club. We're, we're in this day and age where you have half a good season and your price tag goes from $15 million to $40 million. It's a joke. You can't do that, man. $40 million is the type of money that you go and put forward for like a really world-class striker that's proven in Europe. I know maybe not so much these days. You have to pay a little bit more, but I don't think anybody's looking to pay 35, 40 million for a striker that's had nine good months at Sassuolo, man. Let's be real. Yeah, for sure. I, 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 I That's another Piontech situation waiting to happen for yep. whoever goes for him. Um, but I'll go back to you, Ian. Um, what do you think about the Dybala thing? I know we've talked about it, but now like that everything has, you know, developed a little bit more. What are your thoughts? I think Anthony really hit it on the head. I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself now thinking about the, the financing aspect. I, I was always thinking about on the pitch aspect, but now thinking about the finances. Either they pay a shitload of money for their captain and soon top 10 goal scorer, who is somehow always injured and is still looking for that big break, even though he's going to be 30 this season. 30. Uh, or they let him go and mismanage that money somewhere else because honestly, I don't I don't see them doing that well in the in the um, in the board of directors side of things as well because they don't have Beppe Marotta anymore. We saw how how hard they fell down uh, ever since he came, he left. How much we've risen and even other clubs have risen. I mean Milan, as much as we like to tease them, they have made some great moves. Um, I think Juventus are in uh, not so much rebuild phase, but in a slow, slow spiral down phase that maybe will get picked up sooner than later. Um, so yeah, thinking about it, how Anthony said it, it's I pretty much agree with him. It's a win-win yeah. for us. It's a lose-lose for them. Yeah, we for can't sure. we can't exactly table too much money for DiBala though. At the end of the day, we're still scrapping for this Brozovic contract to the point where it's clear that we can't even offer him an extra 750,000 to a million. We're looking to really narrow in on that six, six million, six and a half with bonuses. So Inter does not have another seven and a half million to whack on Dybala next season. Trust me. That's why I'm saying like Marotta is sort of flexing a little bit here. And it's not, it's not a tactical 4D chess move because this is beneath Marotta's level of negotiating, man. This is just him playing checkers, to be honest. He's just like, yeah, why not? Let's put a phone call yeah. forward. Dybala likes me. I've got this sorted. It's a win-win for us. And it, like, I think you said it, Mikey, at the start here, yeah, like we've already ripped the Band-Aid off in terms of selling players like Lukaku and Hakimi. As long as we keep the core together and Inzaghi in the back room is there, I, I don't. There's not a single player on this team except Bastoni and Barella who could leave, and I would leave, and I would absolutely lose it. It really wouldn't be um, the case at all. With the Dybala situation, you need to look at it like this: he's not going to take a pay cut, even if it was to come to us and Marotta. So we actually can't afford him. That's the bottom line. The only way that we would is if we were to get multiple salaries off the books, but we already plan to get these salaries off the books anyway. It's not like we were going to keep Sanchez, keep Vidal, keep Vecino. We know Ericsson's gone. Ivan Perisic has been our borderline best player this season, and we're still happy for him to walk away. That goes to show the level of our contract situation. It's not good. It's not ideal, because otherwise we would have offered Ivan Perisic a new contract for a couple of years with an extra mil, mil and a half if he wanted it. Because even though, he, given his age... Look at the way the guy performs athletically. I mean, this guy's physi physio physiology is almost un unmatched in the league. So while, while I don't think we stand a chance at getting Dybala, it's, we're going to flex it till the last minute to make sure Juve bleed for him. 
Yeah, yeah. It reminds me a lot of the Kulusevsky situation where, you know, there was a bidding war there between us and Juventus, and it eventually ended with him choosing Saudi. But uh, he left really quickly, and they got saddled with that guy, who's still a decent player, but I don't think he definitely wasn't worth what he was is. paid. But yeah, looking looking ahead though, like this upcoming week after you know a week of three matches, three you know really headline matches, we do have it kind of backs off a little bit. We have Empoli at home in the Copa, and then Venezia at home. So I think you know it's a good good little stretch to catch your breath. Um, oh yeah, we saw today. I All think right. Brozovic had a couple of not even that. I think the whole midfield needs a break. We really need to put our subs to work because Barella was placing passes wherever Brozovic had to do it kung fu style uh, to to just get the ball. Kachanoglu wasn't really that good um, when it came to passes, in my opinion. Like, yeah, obviously he had his moments, but still, we really need to put our subs to work. If Cena really wants to leave and get that club in Europe that wants him next season, like top five leagues, we need to put him out and he needs to perform. If not against Empoli, then who is he going to perform against? Like, come on. It doesn't get much easier than that against Venezia and Empoli. I could see him against Empoli. I don't think he'll get another league start. I think Vecino and Sensi are, you know, effectively well, yeah, effectively out the door. Sensi probably just temporarily, but Vecino, yeah, 100% out the door. Um, True, yeah. I could see that happening against Empoli, like I said, but you know, either way, like that's two matches that you need to get wins out of and then go into this break, you know, and get ready for a derby. Um, Anthony, what do you expect uh, in terms of, you know, um, rotation of the squad for these two matches? Are we going to see a lot of guys we don't usually see, like Ian saying? Yeah, especially for the Empoli game, man. You need to rotate through the arse for that one. You need to make sure that a lot of players are getting maximal rest for Venezia because even though Venezia isn't the toughest team in the world, this is what you call a routine three points if you want to be champions. You want to hold up to a Scudetto at the end of the season, you make sure you beat Venezia at home. It's more important than the Atalanta game. And people might think, what the hell is this guy talking about? It's not a big game. False. If you want to win the Scudetto, these are the biggest games. The biggest games are the ones outside the direct top four games. You beat every team beneath you. I know when you come first, you're supposed to beat every team beneath you, but you guys know what I mean. Outside that top four, top six, you win all of those games, you probably win the league at the end of the season. And knowing us, we've only lost to Lazio. I don't actually think we're going to lose a big game for the rest of the season. I don't think we'll lose the Derby. I don't think we'll lose to Napoli. I think the worst that we come out with is a draw in those games. So as long as we can stick to the routine and beat um, all these sides in Serie A that we know we need to beat, we should be fine. In my opinion, we go to the Coppa. It's round of 16, so it's okay to put your Ranocchias, your D'Ambrosios, your every, everybody except Kolarov, I reckon, is going get, to get some rotated <laughs> minutes there. Um, and even then, you can't play Kolarov, even against Empoli. That guy's finished, completely finished. So whatever happens against Empoli happens. It would be nice to progress, but I'm only going st- to... We, we just won the Scudetto, boys. So when you win the Scudetto, you look at the Coppa Italia when you get to the quarterfinals or the semifinals after that, because at the moment, that's just going to have to take the back burner. And in previous years, obviously, in context to your expectations, the Coppa Italia can be an amazing trophy. And it still would be if we won it this season, but priorities are priorities. And let's just keep in mind, we're in the round of 16 of the Champions League for the first time in God knows how long. And that's going to have to take some attention as well. So for me personally, if we get three points at Venezia, I really don't 
it's not that I don't care what happens at Empoli. The Empoli game is before Venezia, so this is hindsight talking, but just get all the points in Serie A. I don't care about the Copper at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty fair. I mean, and Inzaghi, I mean, is a pretty... He's a Coppa, I would call him a Coppa specialist, borderline yep. at least. I mean, he's <laughs> always doing well with, you know, less in that competition. So, I mean, I'm not too worried about that, at least from a tactical perspective. Empoli had a tough match against Venezia. Um, it was either this morning or yesterday. Um, so they'll probably be rotating as well. They'll be trying to focus on, you know, staying in the league, even though they're doing really well this season. Um, but yeah, their focus would definitely be the league. Um, but I think those are two wins where we'll see some players we haven't been seeing. I think we'll see some more of Darmian. We'll see, you know, like you said, Ranocchia, D'Ambrosio. Um, I think Kolarov has like a back issue that they're talking about ending his career. So yeah, I don't definitely not seeing him. So, yeah, I'm not really too worried about those. I think those are the kinds of matches that we were getting used to, like, uh, what, like a month ago, where we, we could just sit back and be like, all right, you know, scroll Twitter, talk to somebody about the match happening in front of us and not, like, you know, edge of your seat worried about, like, you know, dropping points. Um, what do we have going on? Nothing. I mean, really just be worried. Be, sorry if I just say, be wary of the South American international duty that's coming yeah, up in between these yeah. games because also it's important to know that Argentina play Colombia four days before the derby, I think. So you know that Juan Cuadrado is out to break legs in that game. He doesn't care about the result for his country. Juan Cuadrado was put on this planet Earth to do one thing and one thing only, and that was to with Inter players. That is 100% true, true. That is 100% true. We've seen him do it to Alexis Sanchez. Um, we've, if, seen, we've just seen his existence for five, six years now that he's been at Juventus, maybe even longer. I can't remember. Dude seems like he was born at Juventus and has been there my entire life. But, oh, my. Yeah, and that also, like, the jet lag and everything that comes from that. There's also, I think, Argentina. It's either Argentina or Chile has a match with Bolivia in Bolivia. And that's one oh. of the toughest places to go. Yeah, the altitude and all that going out there. So that's going to be really rough. Um, I know Vidal can't go because he tried to kill someone in the last <laughs> Chile match. He um, was actually but... really good off the bench today, man. If there was one person that looked like they were going to break it for us, it was him. He had a, yeah, he, he looked good. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. You know, he didn't look too great coming on in the Supercopa. Um, mm. There were a couple of performances before that where they weren't up to par for me, like especially with the beginning of the season that he had. But I mean, if he can, you know, keep some form, keep some fitness, that'll be huge for us in this upcoming month of insane fixtures. Like coming back after the break, Milan, Napoli, Liverpool, Sassuolo. That's a that's a murderer's row. About the biggest one you could have. So yep, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a big test, and having someone like that'll be huge. Um, hopefully Alexis Sanchez doesn't go and get his customary injury in South America. Um, if he did, I guess, you know, that would be more time for Correa and Lautaro, given they don't have some kind of issue out there either. If Quadrado doesn't get to him first, like you said, Anthony. Um, yep. It's a lot, to, a lot going forward that is a lot of ifs and a lot of hope. And at the end of it is that Liverpool match where we know we're without Barella. So it's, you know, it's going to be, I think, Vidal, like, really important. I'm glad you brought him up because we're going to need him. It's either going to be him or Gagliardini, and I'd rather see him over Gagliardini. 
Yeah, um, any day of the week, really. You have to start him over Gagliardini. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, Ian, do you have anything? Um, I, I just like to ask Anthony a question since we don't get guests this often. I mean, it's more of a crystal question from the chat. Um, Anthony, who would you get a strike as a striker for us next season to replace Jacko since he's the one that's in most need of replacing in the starting eleven? So, it's this. Um, it's not that I don't rate Skamaka. I think he'd be a great person to come in for Dzeko, but he's not ready to lead the line straight away, especially not for the money that's being asked for him. Raspadori has got a great finish of him, and he's a slippery character. I'd love to see Raspadori at Inter, and I know he's an Inter fan as well, but uh, quality-wise and characteristic-wise, he's not a replacement for Dzeko at all. The one that, you know, I think is the best fit is probably this Julian Alvarez character from River Plate. And we've seen how well that these Argentine players can do when they come to winter. I've watched a lot of his highlights now, and it's it's hard because I don't watch full fixtures. You know, it's very easy to make players look good on a highlight reel, especially if, if they score a lot of goals and they play a lot of assists. But this guy and um, our friend Zil Sharma said this probably better than anybody he, Julian Alvarez looks more ready for Inter than Lautaro did than when we signed him from Racing. And so if we're looking at the people that we have been linked with realistically, then for me, it's probably Julian Alvarez. But if you're asking me a free-flowing question, Christo, and I can have a pick of the bunch in a realistic context, bruv, go and get Luis Muriel, for God's sake. I've been harping on about him for two years. He's the guy. He is the guy. If he's not playing week in, week out at Atalanta and he needs a change of pace and a change of scenery, man, he won't even need to blink. It's the same color shirt, baby. Bring him over. Bring Muriel over. For me personally, Zapata is probably the best option, but they're not going to let him go for 40 million at all. And he's coming of age now as well. The rest of the options that are out there are just too unrealistic. So you, you sort of just know by looking at what fish are in the pool, who Inter are going to go for. It's going to be Scamaca, Raspadori, or Julian Alvarez. It has to be one of them, unless some name pops up out of absolutely nowhere. So there's a long answer to the short question. Oh, no, I think you're totally right. I really, like, maybe it's just me doing my YouTube research, you know, for Alvarez, <laughs> looking at the comps, now thinking of, like, some kind of expert on the guy. But the way he <laughs> runs, just in those clips, the way he runs at defenses, I love it. Like, I, I really yeah. am interested in that guy. Like, I've watched a couple of River Plate games because they, they happen to be on Paramount Plus along with Syria. Um, I've watched a couple, and, like, he had already killed off, like, the um super classico down there uh river plate and Boca juniors he had already killed the match off like before i could tune in one match so i mean he at least there is a big game player um don't want to get too caught up and end up in like a gabby goal situation or anything like that but i think he is ready i think he would be really good um i like maybe it's just because i don't see him week in week out you know the way that we see skamaka and that we see raspadori but it's just the sexy name from somewhere else, you know, will really get you going. So, yeah, I, I, it, it's got me too. So I, I don't blame you there. Um, but we have to be cautious of the power of the YouTube compilation. We know what happened with yeah, Mario, Gabby Gold. Yeah. We need yeah, to man. be cautious. It's real. Yeah, you have to be very cautious. Yeah, it's it's so it, because you can never fully judge the jump from south america to europe you just never a hundred percent know unless you're going and buying neymar like it's it's hard to tell even even some of the best looking players can just not be a fit but this guy looks like he would be a fit i mean we have so many argentinian connections 
I think a deal could be done. Just like let Zanetti waltz in, you know, sweet talk a little bit. Um, and I think that will be our guy. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's about it for us. Do we have anything else? Ian, do you have anything else? Honestly, not really. We can just touch on these comments. Uh, King Darion says, is Barella missing one or two games? Honestly, I think for now it's still one. Not really sure. Haven't really been paying too much attention to it, really. I don't really think any news were really about this. I don't know. It's still yeah, one. I'm pretty sure it's still one. Okay. I thought they still had to come out and officially say. I didn't know if that was a UEFA ruling. Yeah. Christo says, Fede just said Juventus can't offer. Can offer. Can't offer? Cannot, 8 million yeah. plus two to Dybala, so either he lowers his demands or he leaves. Well, we can't offer that to him either now. <laughs> so I mean, we, we, we can't to... offer. You can't offer a Juventino any more than you've just offered Brozovic, pretty much, man. What sort of yeah. message does that send to these yeah. guys who have been slagging and really slugging it out for for a pay rise, and then what a Juventini walks in and you just offer him as the highest paid player in the club? Beppe Marotta knows better than that. I, well, I hope he does. I think he does. Yeah, True, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't, I don't think that that kind of mistake would be something that Beppe Morata in his right mind would ever do. Um, and even then, Dahari said it here great in the comments. I, I, it's a really good point. Dybala wage is going to cut the budget for replacing Vidal and Vecino means it's weakening our midfield for strengthening our forward line, which I think it's true. I, it is true. Yeah, there's still going to be major work to be done on the midfield in the summer, which is something we don't talk about as much because, you know, we're all, always worried about the striker because, you know, that is something we – see more often but there is going to be depth in the midfield when you're talking about Vecino gone you're talking about Vidal gone you're talking about you know possibly Cincy gone like those guys have to be replaced you can't go into next season with just Gallardini on your bench like there's going to be work to be done there um it's going to be it's going to be interesting like now that we have you know the management locked down I think they're they'll be getting to work and I'm we're going to find some interesting names that I don't think we've thought of, you know, recently. I think there will be some new names coming out. Um, but, Anthony, I uh, know you got to leave us soon. Um, we're pretty much going to call it soon, too. Not too much going on. We've really been really been grinding these past couple of weeks on the Brothers of the World pod. Been having a lot of episodes, kind of, you know, running out of things to talk about at this point. Um, but... Thanks so much for having or coming on with us. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? I know Inter Worldwide's always doing some good stuff. I know you're always on there and you're always on with Sharma. You guys are doing a great thing, man. Keep it up. Everybody, make sure you're liking and subscribing to the Brothers of the World. Um, you know, yourself, myself, Sharma, we do what we can for the Inter community and we all love it. So if anybody wants to head over to the Inter Worldwide YouTube channel, give us a follow and a like and subscribe for some more Inter content and yeah, keep it up, boys. Really enjoying your content. Always a loyal listener. And Forza Inter, man, I think we're still in for a good season. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, appreciate the kind words. Um, I'm always around um, listening to you guys, watching you guys as well, um, Inter Worldwide and Sharma, making sure, you know, everyone eats here. Um, yeah. English English Inter content, you know, we're, we're doing all we can. We're carrying a lot for these guys. But, you know. yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks so much. Um Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to the chat. I know I see Figo here. I'll say, what's up, Figo? And on that note, we'll end it, and we'll see you guys.